Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome There's a lot of running backs to talk about in this division, man. This division is nasty. Let's start at the top. Christian McCaffrey, CMC, man. Number one right now on basically everybody's board. And I had this conversation with Joe Pizapia last week when we were talking about the AFC South and we were kind of wound up drifting off in the AFC South as you normally do when you talk about that division. And yeah. we started talking about Bijan instead. And I kept saying if I had cojones, I would put Bijan in front of Christian McCaffrey. I, I do not as it stands today. But, but <laughs> he's in a great situation. There's no doubt about that. We have not seen a superstar running back of this caliber be matched up with that Shanahan system. But I do have a few questions like... Elijah Mitchell, when he's healthy, what's that workload like? Because last year, 13 and a half opportunities for Chris McCaffrey and nine and a half for Elijah Mitchell in the per game based on when they're healthy. Now, it's a small sample size. Yes, of course. Yep. And it was a big discrepancy when it comes to the passing game. It wasn't, it wasn't even close. Mitchell was never out there for that. He was only yeah. out there to close out games in the second half. But when you look at a guy who's being drafted as the number one running back overall who could potentially be giving away opportunities yeah. at that rate, are you at all concerned? Oh, most definitely, because at the end of the day, it's a Kyle Shanahan system, and you know he's going to rotate running backs. It doesn't matter if you're Barry Sanders or Bo Jackson. You're going to rotate with another guy that was probably drafted in the eighth round. That's just kind of what happens, and I feel as though you're drafting him at one-on-one. That's not where he's at on my board, uh, to be honest, and I feel as though – you have to account for that rotation because we're never going to everybody's still chasing that 97% snap opportunity that one year that CMC had. He wasn't the same after that. Let's just put that out there. Like his body was not reacting properly after that season. So there's still looming of the minor, you know, soft tissue injuries there and here and there, but I don't feel as though he's going to be a workhorse to be drafted one-on-one. And that's just my opinion. Like we all know who CMC is very talented running back. He's still going to put points on the board, but he's just not my number one off the board. And when you draft him, make sure you handcuff Elijah Mitchell, make sure you just have the expectations of drafting him to where it's like, okay, well I got CMC. Let me go try to get some support for CMC. You know what I mean? No, I feel you on that one. That is definitely one of those high-end running backs. If you draft him, I'm going to be looking for the handcuff very much in my yeah. drafts and probably around earlier in the ADP. I want to ask you something just to be clarified. When you say he's not the 101, are you referring to him just not being the 101 overall or not being the number one running back on your board? Uh, number one running back off the board, like 101. Okay. That okay. that to make that clear, yeah. But he's a lot still of people RB. are going Justin Jefferson number one. So I wanted to know if that if that was you, Matt. Yeah. I'm going Cooper Cup. 
I'm rolling the dice this year. So. <laughs> That's <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a Rams fan, but it's not even a homer move. It's just like Cooper Cup was wide receiver one last year. He is going to see a high 25% plus target share, and he, he's just going to get fed. There's nobody there competing for targets. And a, a healthy, rejuvenated O-line, you got Stafford, fingers crossed, doesn't break. Cooper's getting fed, so give me that guy. We're, we're going to have that conversation again in just a little bit and add a, a, little, a little bit to it. One thing I want to add about Chris McCaffrey, though, is that you talked about that thousand and thousand season with the crazy snap count. Yeah. Last year, when he joined the San Francisco 49ers, that was the most that was the most efficient he had been since that season. So from one standpoint of, yes, he's 27. Well, last year showed you if you put him on a better team, he can still be crazy efficient with the football. And Elijah Mitchell, even though he's a handcuff, he gets hurt maybe more often than anybody does. So there are going to be games still where I think he'll move along. But well, I, I want to move along. Go ahead. We got Ash Jordan Mason. I mean, that would be your next bet. I mean, he's explosive. He showed flashes. But if you're going to worry about, you know, Mitchell's ADP a little too high for you as the handcuff, I mean, Jordan Mason put him on a watch list. Your very last pick and fingers crossed. And that's a good thing to bring up, too, because it is going to be is looking like it is going to be Jordan Mason, not Tyrion Davis Price, as far as that third string running back goes. So that's, that's that's what we're reading on the tea leaves here. What about Seattle? You want to talk about another running back situation? Very, very, very interesting. Ooh. I'm going to put this out there. Um, Pete Carroll, I hate you. I spent lots of draft capital getting Kenneth Walker in the dynasty. Was very, very happy that he was going to be a top five running back this year until you had freaking draft Zach Charbonnet. I Ooh. hate you very, very much. Not just as a 49ers fan, but from a fantasy standpoint, too. Yeah. Now that I got that out the way, what do you got? I agree. That that was that was a dick move, Pete Carroll. But uh, <laughs> Zach Charbonnet, man, he's nothing to be slept on. I've been taking him a lot, you know, recently in drafts, you know. And it's like 6.0 yards per carry, I believe. Or was it 6.6 .6 yards per carry he had in college? Like, yes. it, it, it was something carry, ridiculous yes. to where, like, he is a grinder, and that's definitely going to play into, like, Pete Carroll's one-two punch he's been chasing all these years. He just couldn't find guys to stay healthy, you know what I mean? Like, I remember the Chris Carson's or Rashad Penny, you know, punch he was trying to get, and neither one of them could stay healthy. So there's guys going to be, you know, really having headaches week to week when it comes to Kenneth Walker with Zach Charbonnet there. So that's uh, a situation I'm glad to have Zach Charbonnet because I'm not paying that Kenneth Walker ADP, even though it's decent, but – no, I don't think it's going to play out to where it needs to be. No, I, and that's exactly the conversation we need to have here because Kenneth Walker's ADP is RB 16, which is about roughly the fifth round. And again, these ADPs that I'm, I bring to you are based but, off of FFPC. Yeah, just but to be clear. before you go any further, think about other running backs that are there that still have a higher upside of workload than him because I really think this workload is going to be 60-40, maybe 50-50, and that's not enough for me to take a guy when I can get a Joe Mixon there who has 300 touches on the table there. Or Alexander Madison, or I, I'm with you. I don't have him there in the same in the same range as those guys right now. That's where his ADP is going as of this moment. While Zach Charbonnet, his his ADP is RB31. He, he's he's a mid level RB3 going in the ninth round. And I I don't care what you. I, I love Kenneth Walker. I think he's super talented. I don't want to get this twisted as far as that goes. But if you're drafting here, at the very least, no matter how you think this split's going to go, that gap needs to be tighter whether it's Charbonnet up higher or Kenneth Walker down lower. You talk about the 50-40 split. I see this very similar to a Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt with Zach Charbonnet as the Kareem Hunt part of that aspect because yeah. he does have the better pass protecting and hands in the receiving game than a Kenneth Walker does. And Walker actually feeling more of that Nick Chubb role. Yeah. We're both very valuable, 
yes, they both were very valuable. But do you think these guys can both finish in the top 24? <sighs> Man, maybe. I mean, I really feel as though Pete Carroll is going to punch this one-two punch, and they're going to be very effective, and they're going to be a a combo of like when we saw Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt where both of these guys are finishing with double-digit points every single week, and this may be something that we can be on board with. That You pay the price for Zach Charbonnet, and you kind of fade Kenneth Walker unless – you know, you, you, you've in your 16th fantasy league and you just want to get cute. <laughs> you know what I mean? So unless you do that, but we're talking high stakes, man, you gotta love that Zach Charbonnet ADP. You gotta love the value there and the upside there for him as well. Cause he's going to get on the field. We know that, right? <laughs> he's a good pass protector. I talk about this all the time. If you're a rookie running back and you can pass protect, you will get on the field early, plain and simple. Now, Having said that, if you're in a league where a lot of people are feeling down about Walker and he falls to, let's say, the seventh round, I'm going to pull the trigger on Kenneth Walker at that oh, yeah, yeah, Both yeah, these yeah, guys yeah. are going to be on the field. But it has to be at that value. We're both on the same page. Zach Charbonnet, his ADP value right now is the better selection over Kenneth Walker. Let's talk about Jabori Cam Akers. Woo! Here's the question for you. Is Cam Akers the man or is he a ticking time bomb? Ooh, that's, that's a good way to put that question, actually. <laughs> but uh, he's the man as of now. Um, I'm not phased by Zach Evans, you know, getting drafted in sixth round. That's kind of like here or there. I, I don't think he gets on the field or he's special teams. But I really feel as though uh, Cam Akers now has the opportunity to have the highest upside, the highest ceiling for PPR right now with the passes that are going to be coming his way. And you got Mike LaFleur there. And I, I put up a stat on Twitter just the other day. Like every single team he had involvement in the past game, the running back unit averaged at least 7.1 targets a game. And that's like the volumes there for the running backs. You have you have Kyron Williams that's great at pass blocking. That's what he was highlighted for in Notre Dame. So maybe stash him as well, but I love Cam Akers as the workhorse. And I think McVay's gonna ride him till the wheels fall off because you look at the end of that season, man, Cam Akers was RB6, man. He was really chugging and going and getting to the touchdowns once you know the running back coach was out of town that last seattle game last season so it's like man once cam makers got loose that's the cam makers we can get for an entire season plus getting peppered with targets as well i'm all in yeah i'd He's definitely going to be the man. I like this depth chart. Sony Michelle, Zach Evans, Kyron Williams. I, 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 I'm not seeing anything that's going to make me feel like Cam Akers is not going to dominate yeah. the share load as far with that, with that, with that group at all. But here's you talk about the targets, and that's where he does need to get more involved and in a big way. And on the flip side of that, I don't know how much more he can really get involved because the Rams, as a team, since Sean McVay's taken over, with the exception of Todd Gurley haven't really thrown the ball to the running backs, no matter who it is. No, no. And I think you bring in like a Mike LaFleur to kind of get that, that Todd Gurley feel back where these running backs are getting checked down screens. And I really feel as though McVay is going to tap back into what was so successful, so, so successful for him the first couple of seasons. And we haven't seen him run screens. We haven't seen him run the jet sweeps anymore. I remember, I know everybody remembers when Robert Woods was running that jet sweep almost at least twice, three times a game. And I really feel as though that's where the bread and butter was in 2017, 2018 was the screens, the jet suites, motion, 
all this stuff. Let's get back to basics. And you bring in a Mike LaFleur, the guy that is very familiar with all that stuff that can really help with this offense to get these running backs really involved and not put so much pressure on a Cooper Cup, not put so much pressure on Van Jefferson or any of these other guys that are underdeveloped. Get these running backs involved so it takes pressure off and it's balanced evenly. Like the Rams offense was probably the most balanced it's been when Todd Gurley was there, you know, running crazy on everybody. So I think this season, Cam Makers, man, he he, he has I, I I'm just excited just how many shares I was able to get, man. Like I'm really happy about my Cam Maker shares this year, even though I was off on him last year, but this year, this is gonna be the year. Well, you know, Laquan, he he owes me because I was on him yeah. last year, and technically I was right. Okay, it ended the way I thought it was going to go. I'm just you saying it ended the way it's supposed to start. I think that's what everybody was saying. <laughs> yeah, technically I was correct. But I'll just add this last thing in here. They have to figure out how to get back to basics because 76 targets in a season is the most they've had in the last three years, years since then. And that's pathetic when it comes to running backs getting involved in the passing game. So that has to change from a schematic. That has nothing to do with acres. That's got to change from up top. With system, yeah, yeah, definitely. What about James Conner? I feel like he's like the redhead stepchild. He just gets punched in the face and all he does is show up for work every day and get a large work share and fall four yeah. for four yards and fall into the end zone. And yet nobody wants to touch this man for fantasy purposes, really, when it comes down to it. And yet I look at him and I don't see too many running backs who are in line for the work share that he's going to get. Is no. he an injury risk? Sure. Absolutely. What running back isn't at this point, especially yeah. at his ADP. So when you look at James Conner, I guess my question of what I focus more on is that if the offense is going to be as bad as we think it might be without Kyler Murray, can he still produce if he's getting that kind of volume as an RB2? Yeah, you, you definitely look at the backfield and see, like, who else is going to touch this ball? It's It has to be James Conner. And I feel as though, like, his ADP, it kind of reflects the gamble, you know? Like, I feel like if you do take him as your RB2, you got him cheap and you're stacked at wide receiver, tight end, quarterback, whatever other position, and – there's some there's been some drafts where I've seen them people be able to get them as like the RB3 on their rosters pretty late, like in that six, seven range. And I feel as though that is criminally you're stealing at that point. So you have at least 250, 260 touches on the table with him. So you really can't go wrong with that gamble. So I'll take it. Yo, or if somebody wants to argue with you, Laquan, about like, oh, he's never gonna make 250 because he is hurt. Okay, fine. He's definitely candidate for 20 opportunities each and every game right now. And that that yeah, no, I don't think anybody can argue because the rushing upside at the quarterback is gone. You see what I'm saying? The rushing upside for the quarterback right. is gone. Kyler's not there, so they're gonna have to get somebody with wheels and somebody that can grind it out, get into the end zone on the goal line, et cetera, et cetera. It can't be Kyler anymore. That red zone is gonna be all James Conner, and I'm here for it. And only two years removed from a double digit touchdown, that 16 touchdown season. Yep.